folks, welcome inside the Parisi Palace, high above 3773 East Broadway. This is a live edition of the Jake Feinberg Show. Comedy on Power Talk. Please go to our website, powertalk.live. Download our free app and stream all of our live local programming, including Solomon on Blast, the Jim Parisi Show, and yours truly, the Jake Feinberg Show. Can't thank you enough for making us part of your day today. And um, uh, along the way, I have... Um, Connected with many people, people that are spiritual sages of mine from all walks of life. We are all one human race. And uh, most recently, I connected with um, a comrade who uh, I knew very little about going in. On a whim, I went up to see him in Phoenix. And uh, we did a uh, somewhat transcendent uh, interview by the, the hotel pool that has now resonated uh, all over the world. And um, so uh, he has been in my thoughts, and I uh, always look to extract wisdom from him. Debashish Bhattacharya, welcome to the Jake Feinberg Show. Yes. Hello, how are you, brother? Hey. Hey, lovely. How are you doing? Uh, how, are how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? It's nice to talk to you. Where, where are you? Uh, are you back home? or are you, Where are you right now? I guess, I guess, I guess I'm back from uh, another uh, northeast. Indian city just a couple of hours ago back home, Kolkata, yeah, Calcutta. In Calcutta. So, um, yeah. Debashish, I want to play you uh, uh, a um, an uh, interview I did with um, with a person you probably know very well. I want you to take a listen to it, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about it. Okay. Well, someone like Ali Akbar Khansab, you have to say that he made an ultimate sacrifice. I mean, he was at the height of his his professional career as a performer in the 60s, I mean, one of the greatest, I mean, you know, accepted as one of the greatest musicians of our time, the Beethoven of Indian music, as he was called by Yehudi Menuhin and mm. so on. And he said, okay, well, you know, if I have to pass on this knowledge, I'm going to have to drop anchor, stay somewhere and have students come to me and be available to them day in and day out and do it. And if that means I have to sacrifice my professional career as a traveling musician, then that's what's going to happen. And and he did that. And uh, But the one interesting thing was that he was so spiritually at peace uh, uh, with himself, that, himself that, that, that the material world... Uh, wanting to have great success, their newspaper reviews and whatnot uh, did not matter what mattered, what preserving, nurturing, and passing on uh, of transmitting the knowledge that he grew up with and the wondrous nature of it and, and, and let it be known to people. So he did that and, and, and in his uh, school, uh, when you went to his class, you felt like you were in a temple, you were in in a place of worship and, and, and a place where the whole world was blocked out, uh, uh, you know, by by something so reverent and so, so strong that uh, uh, any no negative energy could could pierce it, and uh, it was a force field of of uh, and of of uh, just a wondrous nature, and and there you were in that world learning from him, and 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 without any distractions at all, and um, uh, that kind of uh, sacrifice, uh, you know, is uh, something that only uh, spiritual gods or sages are capable of. Similarly, my Do you recognize that voice, Debashish? 
Uh, is it Zakir White? It is Zakir Hussein, my friend. Yes, I did that interview with him yes. uh, January of 2013. So I have been on my journey for many years. And now I, I connect with you. And I want you to talk about uh, the sacrifice that you make as a teacher and what you learn most from Ali Akbar Khan. Because he could have turned in, in today's world, Ali Akbar Khan would be, 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 he would be besieged by offers for money and fame and fortune. And he rejected all of that at that time. And I believe that you also turn away a lot of money in order to be a teacher. And I just want you to talk about the sacrifice and how it has filled your vessels over time. See, um, few, few things I must tell uh, the audience of this uh, show that it is definitely a good uh, idea to live with the nature and its products, but it is not easy. So, living underneath the sky or living on the mountain without a shade or in the sun without a shade or in the rain without an umbrella, it's not easy. Likewise, living in an art of uh, music where the music is the essence of nature is sacrificial, first of all. And uh, the music we do, my ancestors did, Baba Ali Abba his father, and all these great gurus have done is the music of the nature. And to be with the music of the nature, one has to start learning how to sacrifice from the early age before becoming a teacher, when a uh, music student starts learning. See, sitting on, uh, on a lotus position with... Uh, 13 kilos of instruments on your lap and uh, practicing for eight hours. Uh, practicing for eight, nine hours, 16 hours, 12 hours in the same posture, hitting the same note with the same elbow, same wrist, same fingers, same neck posture. Doing that for 30 years, don't you think that's a sacrifice first round? <laughs> yes. And then... Yeah, ask, ask, ask uh, uh, any Western musician if uh, how they feel when a flamenco guitarist sits and practice with a bend, bend of neck and fingers, same strumming, same elbow. It hurts. So, so sacrifice starts from that age. And then we understand what sacrifice is, what sacrifice produces. And when we understand that, we, when we realize that the wisdom grows as a flower and fruit, is a tree of knowledge and realization. So that's Baba Ali Agwar Khan and uh, Zaki Wai's father, Zaki Wai's father, Ustad Allah Raja Khan Sahib, all these great gurus, Ustad Gwadi Khan, all these great gurus, they have done Sandeep Ravishan Everybody has done that sacrifice for. But Ali Abba Khantav is a role model of sacrifice because he sacrificed his professional career. So, and I have even, I am a semi-professional 
careerist, but I have tried to make a balance between my teaching and my uh, professional concerts and recording sorts of things. Because for three months from December, January, February, I don't travel around and I don't spend time on road. Then I wait and anticipate and expect the students come and stay with me for three months and eat dal and rice cooking my kitchen and learn music, stay together all the time, 24 hours. So that is kind of a three months a year, so it's like 25% of sacrifice. Talking to Debashish Bhattacharya here on the Jake Feinberg Show live on Power Talk, did you ever contemplate uh, or, or do you have a, you want to strike a balance, obviously, like you said, um, what is your uh, teaching situation like? I mean, is it a reverend place? Is it a place similar to what to? I mean, the Ali Akbar College of Music was a, was you know was sizable. It was different, but it was in Marin County. What is your uh, t- what is your teaching? What does your school look like? Is it just a room in your house? How, how do the students feel? What do they talk about as far as the feeling, the feeling that they get when they come to? Uh- When I was when I when I was uh, when I I was in first round of my career, I started seeing money, and I started seeing that money is much more than I can spend in one year. Hmm. And then the second question came in my mind: what I what I should do with this money? So I started a non-profit organization with that money called Bhattacharya School of Universal Music. Bhattacharya is my family's name, and my family comes from the traditional music and uh, academic uh, scholars. So um, I named the school to my family name, Bhattacharya School of Universal Music. It's a building which has uh, two uh, bedrooms, Two baths, one is attached, one living room, dining room, and the kitchen, and the balcony on the first floor. And the ground floor, it has like a 600 square feet studio uh, with a bathroom. And that is considered as the school studio of teaching and learning. And uh, the students come since uh, this is 13th year of our school. We started in 2004. Students come from all over the world, from Latin America, from Peru, from uh, Mexico, from America, from Canada, from England, uh, Germany, France, France, Italy, Australia, Japan, uh, England, uh, everywhere, almost. uh, Not everywhere, but almost everywhere. Students have have come here and stayed with us for minimum one week to three months. And it definitely costs, it has a cost which is a very nominal cost of stay, food, and uh, tuition. I take the uh, tuition fee from the, I mean, school takes the tuition fee from the students so that that money we can gather together in our non-profit organization and then we can do the charity work to propagate 
string guitar, left string guitar, wine guitar in the uh, middle class rural areas where students doesn't uh, have the cosmopolitan lifestyle, but they love, love to stay back home and practice and uh, improve their musical ability through a, a slide guitar. So I do the festival that month every year called India International Guitar Festival to facilitate those students and um, their slide guitarists from the rural part of my country. So the school, and then I have a guitar factory as well, workshop, where the guitars of my design is being produced and uh, built and produced and sold to my students. So it is a, a very small, uh, what is called a default program of self-promoted uh, economic zone for the money stays in music. So the money I earn, I give buy a Mercedes car or or a Italian floored apartment to stay with my family. So I invested that money in the music field, between workshop, guitar workshop, my school, and uh, guitar festival, so that the money is being spent in me, uh, in my music and music of others. So this is what actually I have in, been inspired by the study of economics in my early days, that how industries become poor and people lose their job because the money keep on transferring from one end to the other end, from one profitable work to the other profitable productions, and how people get lose, people lost their job. So in this case, there is no loss. There is only win because I, it is my hard-earning income and my students' patience and the, the lovers of the past money, which accumulates in different uh, accounts, which is a legal, taxable account, from where the money is spent for music only. So that's what I do. The, Devashish, I, I read you this quote uh from a piano player named Larry Willis. He said the ultimate aim of any artist is to reflect on the life and times that he or she lives in. I would never capitulate that just trying to play music in order to make a big dollar. And so did you see, um, you see it in the States now uh, with professional athletics uh, Athletes get a lot of money at a very young age. They don't necessarily know how to deal with it, and they wind up going broke. Um, did, did you ever – when was the first time somebody came to you and said, here is a big offer for you, my friend, Debashish. We have a lot of money for you. It's going to make you very wealthy and, of course, make, very happy. And you, st you stayed true to yourself, even though you couldn't believe you were turning it down? Is there an example in your career where you turned away the money because your ultimate aim is to be an artist, not a craftsman? No, I, I never did that. Whenever, whatever money has come, I've accepted because I believe that it is being sent by God. God is my bank. So it has come from God, and I have accepted the money if it is a small note or big note or small amount or big amount. But I have used wisely because I have a uh, 
kind of a training from my family, from my parents, who have taught me how to wisely use the power of energy, of any kind of energy. It can be money energy, it can be petroleum energy, it can be electricity energy, or it can be my body energy. So it's a smart execution of uh, spending and earnings can make things much better and much more meaningful. So money has never been uh, sent back because I didn't want to money. I, I always need money, more than, more money than I earn uh, to help so many people. I mean, how many mouths you can feed in one life, being a musician on the street. I see so many mouths to be fed. Before you give a guitar on their hand, you have to cheer if they're hungry. If they're hungry, they cannot concentrate. So you have to feed them before you give them a guitar and ask them to play whatever you sing or you teach. So it's an involvement, uh, it's a big, huge involvement for me for running uh, these institutions. Uh, with my humble income from playing Sarigama Pagani Indian classical music on slide guitar. So, but, you know, I didn't do anything God is doing whenever he or she uh, would like to like me to stop, I will stop. But till then, I'm unstoppable. <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, this is... Not, so, um, you did I hear you correctly? You went to a to be a judge at a jazz festival or where you just were, you went to a jazz uh, contest? No, it is a, it is, it is a, it is a jazz music uh, um, competition, national competition of jazz music. So it is happening in different part of India to, uh, to uh, promote uh, and to give uh, encouragement to young bands it can be a rock band, it can be a blues band, it can be jazz uh, or uh, a fusion band. So we we are going to different rural cities where this music is more uh, important than any cosmopolitan social uh, and social activity. So uh, we are going there and we went to one of the hill stations in Shillong and uh, we selected the first and first five bands out of 16 bands all day spent there and with this beautiful music and amazing happy young kids around. I really liked it. How do you how do you, how do you talk to your students about um, well first of all two questions can you give can you can you talk to the audience about your your concept or your definition of the word jazz and number two, um, do you have you ever used labels in music? I mean, the one thing I can associate with Alu Raka and uh, Ali Akbar Khan, uh, you know, the, the the records it says the eighty minute raga. So I, you know, Indian music, you know, between uh, the, the it's the transcendental tal and it's raga. So therefore, that's the label. And then you know, I interview. Uh, you know, the Brecker brothers, Randy Brecker told me that his brother Michael went to a jazz festival in uh, Indiana in the 70s and his band did a jazz rock version of the Doors tune, Light My Fire. 
and Ray Brown and uh, oh. Ray Brown and Oliver Nelson were furious. They hated it because they were a little bit more mm, purist, or they had their own concept of. So they actually kicked the band out of the competition, even though it was a great band. They were playing rock. They were, but the point is the labels. How I feel like labels st- really stifle musical voca- musical vocabulary, and I want to know how you. Define jazz, and if if you've ever used labels when when talking about music. Music in in general are classified according to the uh, music of different age groups. When our brain doesn't form enough, we are stuck in a couple of chords and boom, pop, boom, boom, pop, boom, pop, and Children keep on stepping out, stepping in, move their hands, move their uh, body, and they sing small, small poetry, they recite some song, and uh, end up a song with basic four or five notes melody as an as genre. Then, when the, then mature little boy, we start feeling short waves of life. Then we understand the complexity, and the music becomes complex. So some, at some point, music becomes so complex that life is so complex that we keep on improvising uh, between lies and truth, and we keep on living in, in between the improvisations of lies and truth. And that is called that is what I call jazz. So um, wow, and uh, that's what I call jazz. Hmm. And uh, Indian classical music. Uh, has many different forms. Indian classical music sang in the temple are very simplified and simple melodies are within its form. But when it goes from temple to the court of Maharajas or kings, there has been a competition between all the singers who can win the king's uh, permanent singer's post. So they started improvising more under stress and strain to beat each other to create uh, really amazing or miracles, uh, I mean, miracles in music. They started with all those great activities and great activities. Uh, and so the music become more richer. So jazz in one form, even Rara music in another form, is complex because the way it has grown. Where people have seen uh, themselves in this music, or music in their in their mind. So it's um, that is what I call jazz. You know, your question was how that is my opinion about it and, and how I think jazz music. Do do you leave your? Uh, how early on were you able to? leave your physical body when you were uh, playing, especially, you know, when you were tired or like after seven or eight out, seven hours of playing and you were very focused. Can you talk about an experience when you left your physical body? Physical body is kind of a, kind of a beautiful apple tree. We only understand 
the existence of their body. When nothing is happening or something happening too much in your body. When it is normal, it functions well, it is normal, moving slowly or fast, whatever, according to the law of movement. You don't really, you just take, take it granted forever that you have a body. But when there is a storm, the apple tree starts shaking, then you understand, or the apple tree understands that it has a body. So, you know, having a feeling that the music comes is coming from your body, that needs uh, a, a period of time where you get overwhelmed many hundred times, you become, you, you get defeated by your own stupidity when the music needs you to be smarter. So you, you, you become defeated by yourself and your knowledge and your references. And by uh, working hard and working on that, uh, and to come up with a kind of a mastery, you need to be overwhelmed time to time, be frustrated, or be happy at some point. So all these feelings come when, after that, you can feel your body much better. Because then you understand, oh, this, uh, this pituitary gland, this is the adrenaline gland, this is the gland, that's not really that. Oh, my hand is not working properly. Go to the doctor. Doctor, this is tennis elbow. Which I don't play tennis. You know, this is tennis elbow. But if you play it right, it's tennis elbow. So anyway, all these things happens after you cross your limits where you should stop to practice. But anyway, so it's a kind of a realization, and uh, I think. That comes after starting years of playing and practicing and being together. Realization of losing something or having a fear of losing something, which only can happen when you have something. So achievement in music practice and achievement in music as the harvesting always also vary the fear of losing it. It takes time. It is not easy to lose things when you don't really actually acquire anything. What is your... Yeah, no, this is so beautiful. I mean, it's so... uh, I mean, have you had had experience where you could see yourself on the... you You were on the side of the stage, even though you were playing, you could actually see yourself playing? Yes, uh... I definitely that. <laughs> <laughs> no, because this, this is there's only two letters that separate magic and music, and a lot of people. There's a very fine line between being a craftsman, you know, Debashish Bhattacharya, another lifetime, another time, and you're in your in this cosmos. You could have been a studio shark in Los Angeles, going in and saying, and the and the arranger or the producer saying. We want you to play this this part or this part or this part, but you chose to be an artist and a musician. 
And a lot of times when you give it your all and you are doing something that is inside the feeling and the calling yeah. inside of you that then these magical things occur. And I just think that those are the most important things. This, you know, as a, I consider you to, after I met you the first time, I, you know, not because I was in awe of you or I, you know, uh, you know, do it, you know, I, I do look at, I did feel that you had guru, a guru, uh, you had like a life force. And I ask you to talk to people all around the world as somebody who has a lot of power, spiritual power. How do you not, um, talk to people about how we, a lot of time in our society now, people have excess resource and they abuse it. And I'd like you to talk about as a, somebody who's a, who is, a, uh, who has disciples and who has students and who has a lot of life force and a lot of love. How, how do you not abuse that, that gift? Actually, to tell you the truth, it's, you know, the purpose of life is to live the, live, live the life. If the purpose of life is to run our life all the way from the beginning to the end. And uh, I feel the, I feel, as you said, the same in this perspective, it is a life force in the music which inspires the life, and the life force in the life which inspires the musicianship inside the music. Hmm. Hello? Yeah, that, no, I just try to try, I try to interpret that. Um, uh, so, you can you talk? Are you going to be going coming back to the states uh, this year at all? If, if so, uh, what is your what are your? You say you take the December. My Jan next my next next plan. My next plan is to come to you in April. Uh, and many, not before that. No, so did I, I, I probably you, may come in for the NAM, for the NAM show. For the, the, and when is that? In April? When, when is that? When is that show? NAM is in January. In ge but, week of January. So, but isn't that when you are teaching though, and you were sort of uh, at home? No, no, I'll, I'll come and do do no. I'll, Right now, I am I am home and I'm doing some small uh, or quick concerts or festival performances in in India. But uh, I'm basically teaching now. Start teaching in another week. Students coming from Japan, from Holland, from America, from Australia. So we don't have a lot of space to provide our students because then I cannot give the quality uh, studies to them because it's not a classified uh, 
we never made studies for everyone. It is not generalized. It's totally custom made, uh, tailored uh, music training system here. So we can, any time of the month, we can only provide three to four students at a time, not more than that. So we have, yes, we are preparing for these, these years uh, all sorts of school activities. And uh, yes, I am very much in India at this time. Do you still um, have uh, things that, what is something that you have learned recently? I mean, everybody is always still learning and growing. What have you learned about yourself or your um, musicianship or your your, what have you learned recently about yourself? I recently I learned that people talk about me how beautiful I am guitar maestro. But I learned that I cannot play guitar enough or well enough. And so, what is what is the thing people think I'm a, I'm a guitar maestro? Or whatever, why they ask me to come and play. I think they see the love and uh, blessings of God in my music, in my talk, in my things which I really believe that without which I am nobody, I am nothing. And uh, nothing is uh, everything, you know, but still nothing is nothing as well. So um, that is what I'm learning right now. What you don't have anything, having nothing, how can you be enjoying the nothingness and uh, can feel that you are nothing when something is happening by somebody's, uh, someone's spirit, uh, something is happening, even you consider that you don't know anything, you are just nothing. So that nothingness is my latest uh, study and learning. So, you know, as you grow older, you become wiser. So I think this nothingness is bringing me to the point where I, I will be more considered as a wiser person than a, than a dead guitarist. Debashish, I, uh, I look forward to seeing you again uh i hope you i hope we can you come back to arizona or las vegas or somewhere close so we can uh connect again i i i am inspired by the fact that so many people from your homeland saw our video uh and comment on you and about the words over and over again teacher giver lover inspiring person um so you continue to learn about yourself. Uh, I definitely am trying to cultivate my own true spirit and nature. I, I, I know that uh, we've connected uh, for, for a very good reason. And uh, uh, much love to you. Thank you for, for spending some time with me today. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. My love to you and all your great audience. And I hope to play live for your beautiful audience, one somewhere in this world. And as my gurus 
I've told you when I was a kid, and I believe that from my childhood, that, you know, there are many different parts uh, of attainment, but one should stick with one. So I'm sticking with my iPhone. <laughs> to achieve everything in my life. Yeah, right. right and I'm happy, happy to be, uh, to achieve Jake as my brother to the one thing which is iPhone and Wi-Fi. So, God bless you, my dear. And this is going to be a great day for you and great night perhaps for me. It's already almost 11-something, 11.30 p.m. here in Kolkata. What is the time over there? 11 a.m. Uh, in the morning and like you said so it's uh, the the sun and the moon will come together again my friend much love Debashish I'll talk to you very soon yes Yes. much love to you much love to you take care brother thank you yes bye 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 Debashish Bhattacharya legendary individual and uh, somebody who understands his significance and place in our cultural heritage we'll be back with Tony Brownnagel in a couple of minutes on the Jake Feinberg show Thank you. 